Childhood Ruin. I am one of your hosts, Michael Mallon, and joining me once again is Chris Benefield. Chris, good evening. How are you? I am uh, doing all right. How are you? Doing well. It's been uh, quite some time since our last episode, mm-hmm. about about two months to be exact. And- yeah, that's that's mainly on me. Um, you know, we recorded our last episode uh, on in- location. On location in Montana, and um, that trip was kind of my last bit of uh, summer fun before things got serious. I've had to uh, sell a house, move out of a house, uh, have a month where I was basically a nomad, surfing couches, and well, actually, I'm, I'm at a point in life where most people have a guest bedroom, but <laughs> you get the idea, um, including your guest bedroom. Um, so, and then moving in into, you know, the house that I'm going to rent for the time being while I get everything else squared away. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a month. So there, there have not been a lot of great opportunities to, for podcast recording and all that. Um, starting with the fact that all of this stuff was either, you know, put away in storage or, um, you had a, a, a bag of goodies for quite a while that, um, didn't make it back from Glacier because of, uh, you know, the the mishap that we had on our return trip, which I don't know if we want to talk about that or not. But. Well, briefly. So last you heard, we were right. all very much enjoying our trip out to Glacier National Park. Mm-hmm. We were recounting our friend's uh, rating scale for Yacht Rock, which was hilarious. And if you have not yes. heard that episode, go back and listen. Absolutely. And then about 24 hours later, things went south quickly. So... We were kind of in the same type of vibe, all having a good time at dinner, uh, having a few cocktails. And then all of a sudden we all got texts or emails that the train home was canceled and mm-hmm. not delayed, not rescheduled, canceled. Yeah, the, the email literally said, we have no alternate arrangements available. Sorry for the inconvenience. <laughs> so suddenly, and this is kind of an interesting commentary on technology Mm -hmm. so we're out near glacier national park in montana which we didn't have wi-fi at the house which was a problem and our cell reception was not ideal and the closest significant airport is three hours away yep in missoula Mm -hmm. so we're like okay well what do we do because we have to get home. I had most of us had to work on Monday. We're all traveling with children. We have a 18 month old at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? It's like, well, let's try to rent a car. Well, no, there's no cars to rent. No one wants no one wants us to take a car from Montana to Minnesota one way. And to spare you the planes, trains, and automobiles narrative that got to be quite tense and stressful over the span of the next 12 hours. Um, we just decided to, to basically use our current rental cars, drive to Missoula, eat the cost of a, the plane tickets to just get back to Minnesota right? in one piece. And it was not cheap to, to go no, nope. about doing that. Uh, it was a very stressful travel day. My son <laughs> had a significant meltdown going through security Mm-hmm. Thankfully, there was a play area in the Missoula airport. Um, thanks to whoever created that in the planning. To, yep. Which we there's not not much to that airport. No. And there was a Although, play area that we just we unabashedly took over. Yeah, and then there was a random outdoor area where you could sit outside with the planes and have beers. And my son I, took, took a header off a chair and hit his head. <laughs> But thankfully he's okay. <laughs> so it was it was really special. We but we made it, and mm-hmm. like you said, uh, you've been in the process of moving, and you know other stuff has been going on. So it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Sadly, I didn't get a like or a retweet from Kenny Loggins. I tried to reach out to the man, the myth, the legend himself. Yeah, I'm I'm disappointed in the log. That's a it's a missed opportunity for sure. Yeah. You know, but um, that that was a fun that was a fun podcast to go back and edit and listen to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have uh, 
recommended that one and you know farther and wider than i do on our others just because i think it's it's uh i mean just the once chad gets to the description of (laughs) his scale for yacht rock is it's comedy gold regardless of whether you give a crap about uh you know music nerdery or any of those things yeah it really is a slow build-up and then all of a sudden y2j shows up like it's just a matter of time when he gets introduced (laughs) business picks up and then it's a solid 10 minutes of us just crying in the background as he yep. is going through his scale. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I was just a little surprised that the um, whole podcast sounded as uh, professionals, maybe the wrong word to use, but, you know, as coherent as it did. Coherent is a better word. There were a lot of moving parts to, to that podcast happening from, you know, the microphone hanging from antlers to the um the trains to you know a birthday celebration going on where you know the libations were were flowing pretty freely it was you know i, I was impressed when i listened back to it. there was carousing in the background <laughs> yeah there was some cra- so, but it, it gave it a nice ambiance. so shout out to two programs audacity and levelator which is the two editing equipments or right. editing uh software that I use uh, to cycle through things. I had to tune up the levels a bit and uh, search how to edit curse words, which was made, I think the podcast about 30% funnier. Mm -hmm. Chad's uh, language bleeped out from time to time. (laughs) Yeah. There was an earlier version that didn't have the beeps and that improved it by a, a huge percent for sure. Um, uh, sports ball side note, uh, Drew Brees just broke the all-time passing record, so if, if if you care. But isn't this equivalent to more or less the quote-unquote steroid era in baseball? Like, you can't hit a quarterback, you can't hit receivers. All the, pass, <laughs> all the passing records are don't even mean anything anymore. Uh, you, you sound like a bitter old man. Well, I had my bitter old man tweet today when I... <laughs> sent out a picture of a video game that I bought and there was nothing inside besides the cartridge. It was a Nintendo Switch game. Yeah. And there was nothing. There was not even not even a sad excuse for an instruction manual or just a one page thing. There was nothing. No, and I was looking no, no no certificate with the Nintendo seal of quality. Right. There was I <laughs> I was like, I miss instruction manuals. Like, what am I? Right. You know, tell me basic controls. Who are the characters? Give me some fluff. Whatever. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So maybe a good place to start is, at least, at least for me, is uh, we went to a concert last weekend. Yes, we did. Which was, I had a lot of fun, although my earring, earring, my hearing was affected for... <laughs> A few days. The, the lack of uh, earplugs was something I was lamenting. Yeah, that was that was not your best call. Well, so it's this place in Minneapolis that's part of First Ave, which if you've ever seen Purple Rain, First Ave is prominently featured mm-hmm. in that movie. It's a local, I, not I, it's landmark. It's yes. like a famous. Uh, concert venue uh, right in the middle of the Minneapolis. It's kind of right by the Target Center where the basketball team plays. And pretty much any band that's mattered over the last, what, four decades has played there? Yep. So there's an offshoot of it. It's part of the venue, but not the main stage. It's called 7th Street Entry. Mm -hmm. And I, I had never been there. And I was really excited because one of my favorite bands over the last five years, this group called Dead Sarah, um, announced a tour months ago and said they were going to play there. So I was all excited. I got tickets. And it happened to be my wife's birthday, which, you know, I went to the concert instead of being with her on her birthday. She was invited. She did not want to go. Um, she had fun. I had fun regardless. So <laughs> I was all fired up because I wanted to get there, be close to the stage and you and other people were kind of telling me it's a small venue. Like we can kind of get there whenever and we'll be close, like sort of settle down, relax, mm-hmm. which I did not listen to. Nope. And we were standing in line and it was 
pretty chilly. What was it in the forties, mm-hmm. maybe? Uh, yeah, for sure. Fifties. We're all wearing t-shirts and stuff. So it was cold. We get in there and it's small. It's mm-hmm. really small. What do you think the capacity of that place is? Like three hundred? Yeah, I mean, yeah, no more than three hundred. It's it probably as low as two hundred. I mean, what the entry is supposed to be is kind of. Um, it's kind of a proving ground. Like it's, there's not a, there's not even room for you to have a huge, uh, stage set up. It's a place where bands have to go and basically be a band with pretty minimal, um, you know, there, there, there's no, there's not going to be a laser show. There's not going to be background visuals. There's not going to be pyro. It's just going to be a band and their instruments. Um, and for both local bands and, you know, touring bands that maybe in their hometown are pretty big, but um, when they, you know, come to Minneapolis, people may, may not know them as well. It's a pretty common venue to get put in the first time they come around to kind of start building steam in a town. Which was, and you, you probably the best description that you had while we were there is saying to me, yeah, whenever I'm here, it just reminds me of that first level in rock band where you're playing in your friend's basement or something. Yep. And, it's just a very it's a very intimate venue which to see this band that i really enjoy i loved it it was mm-hmm. it was awesome they were fantastic i hope they come back again the only time i saw them previously is when they were opening for muse back in i think it was 2012 or 2013 yeah they i think they had a pretty big hit around that time and so they were um yeah their first album they had the the song weatherman which is still yep. i think their biggest tune Mm-hmm. And that's what they closed the, the show with. Um, and I, one of the things I wanted to pick your brain about, and not that you have any additional insight than me, but you're more of a, a music snob than I am. I've been to the entry approximately 20 more times than you, so there's that. There's that, yes. And we, <laughs> and we had one of your friends who joined us who... Has I, been to the entry like 20 times this week. Yes. <laughs> we were just in line and he was like, hey, man, how you guys doing? And he wasn't too familiar with the band. And he was – and one of the better things of that evening is afterwards he was like really impressed with them. And I was like, wow, well, if he likes them, he's seen everybody. <laughs> right. Because he's like, yeah, you know, I saw this show last Monday and then Tuesday I was here. And then Thursday I was, you know, over here. And like, how many concerts have you been to? He, mm-hmm. uh, he has a – encyclopedic knowledge of shows here in the Twin Cities. Yes, this is uh, my friend. His name is Aaron, but I, of course, call him Aaron because that's who I am. And then he's done messed up. He has sort of embraced, you know, concert going as being his thing, which I mean, to be fair, it was always something that he liked to do. But I would say it's like the last maybe six, seven years, he's sort of blossomed from going to a pretty narrow genre of he was a big metal guy growing up to he will go to see anything and everything. And he literally had five or six shows on his calendar, you know, for that week that we saw Dead Sarah alone. So, But he's more or less a character out of Name of the Wind. Like he's a patron. <laughs> he just <laughs> Yeah, I just call him A.A. Ron, Patron of the Arts. Yeah. is his full nickname, yes. So that, that's why I want to be a patron for Dead Sarah. I, I mm-hmm. just want to kind of wave that banner and be a herald for them. And I don't know, it just, they've been toiling away. They have three albums, and I listen to all of them straight through. And there's different types of songs. Her voice is just like knock you out of your seat spectacular their guitarist is really good they sounded good live like i don't i guess i don't understand why some bands take off and others don't and i guess that's more of an open-ended question of i don't know like you listen to stuff on the radio and some of it's like this is bad this is really bad and there's this right and i'm sure that that's not the only band there's other bands that I listen to that I like, and it's like they're not quote unquote mainstream and don't get that mm-hmm. type of love. Um, mm-hmm. But it seems like, is it harder for bands to take off these days? Is it easier because everybody can have a platform? And it just seems like the whole business is weird. Uh, I mean, I think the business has always been weird. It's just been weird in different ways. I mean, you know, back in the day, you used to have all of like the payola stuff where, you know, it still wasn't necessarily um, always the best 
people that were, you know, getting hits on the radio is the people who were promoted by those that were, you know, paying um, influential DJs money to play them and talk them up. So, you know, there's always been quirks like that. Of course, these days it's like the adjustment of, you know, uh, people don't buy music as much they mainly stream music and then how do you convince people to stream you and you know it's it's i don't know i mean i i think that for any band um there's just a lot of randomness to whether you hit or not i mean i would say from seeing their show which i i agree with aaron it was it was really good they have you know a, uh, as you already mentioned they have a female lead singer she's got it's not that her range is like Freddie Mercury, like going from low to super high notes, but she has a range in terms of having a really nice, pretty voice when she wants it and being able to shift into like, you know, metal scream mode <laughs> on the fly. Uh, the guitar player is also female. Um, and, you know, there's just a lot of things about them that seem pretty marketable. Um I mean, especially in kind of like the moment we're having as a country and politically and kind of who they are and where they could be positioned. It seems like they're, they, they could be in the right spot to be pretty popular. But at the same time, some bands don't really want that, don't really seek that out, don't really look to market themselves like they're out there to play music and just kind of have a workmanlike career and that's what they want to do. And yeah. Or, or, you know, some bands shoot themselves in the foot like they could be huge, but they keep making really poor decisions. Um, you know, they'll dump their record label right as they're about to make it or, you know, whatever. There's a lot of ways people can kind of trip up on that path. So. Yeah. And just, I mean, reading a, a little bit about them, the lead singer, her name's Emily Armstrong and the guitarist is um, Susie something. I think it's Melody, but I think that's a like stage name. Um <laughs> You don't think that's her given name? Well, no, her name, I think, <laughs> I think her name is Susan or Susie, but then she, she styled the name to be Sue. Cause I think she has a family member, like an aunt or a grandmother or something who is, um, Native American. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Susie spelled like the, the Sioux tribe. Um, yeah. but I, oh, be- sure. I believe somewhere around the second album, they had some kind of fallout with their label yeah. and, probably a lot of other details I'm, I'm not familiar with um, right but they're awesome and yeah it's i feel this like self-conscious thing of like i'm, I'm not pitying them like that show was awesome they sold out that place and i hope they come mm. back to town and continue to you know just do well um but they had to cancel a couple of shows i think a little bit before minneapolis because literally their van broke down i'm like mm-hmm. how is that happening to this band like why don't they like they should have more support around them. It's just, right. I don't know. I guess like in my head, they're my favorite band this decade that I've like heard for the first time mm-hmm. and like have this big prominent place in my brain. And I am probably in a minority of people that <laughs> are even familiar with the band and the fact that they have multiple albums and the fact that, like at some shows they'll cover killing in the name of by rage against the machine and she'll sing edge of 17 um some shows because again her voice is just bonkers um, right so it was it was very it was really enjoyable to see that show and then it was just interesting to think about just trying to imagine things from their perspective of like you know well, one was the Minnesota polite Sunday night crowd, which <laughs> <laughs> believe me, that is not just Sunday night. Like that's like so so many shows that I've been to that uh, you know they they cheer or clap and make noise for a set amount of time, and then they get very quiet and patiently wait for the next song. <laughs> which was weird. It was weird because it's a very small venue. And yeah. so like people would be going nuts and I, I felt, and I was, I couldn't see behind me because it was like literally like one person back from the stage, <clears throat> which again, my left ear was paying for, for a good three days. Um, but they like end a song and everyone clap and then it was, it was quiet and they had a guitar string issue and she was trying to interact with the crowd. It was just like really quiet. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I wanted to yell, I wanted to yell stuff out, but at the same time, I was like self conscious. I was like, well, I don't want to be that guy that's being obnoxious, and I don't know. Well, and and you had me giving you crap about adding the band on Twitter too many times, and how you know their security detail was going to come <laughs> and <There he> is. <laughs> ask ask the creepy stalker guy to leave if you tweet at them one more time yeah. and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think I, I was telling you that night after the show. Um, you know, Siri and I, and Siri also went to that show with us, had gone to see Arcade Fire. And, you know, they played the Excel. They played a, you know, big venue in town. And uh, it was the same deal. Um, not as much when Arcade Fire was playing, although, you know, certainly to as much as that can happen in a, you know, stadium type venue. But, uh, when the breeders were opening for them, it was exactly like that, even though there was approximately 10 times as many people there. And there were people behind us that were really excited for the breeders who were basically carrying on a conversation with them between songs. You know, we were maybe, I don't know, we were probably like six, seven rows of people back from the front of the stage. (laughs) And these people are just talking to the breeders in between every song because it would get so quiet like that. So, I, I, yeah, it's 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 a weird Minnesota thing. Yeah. And see, growing up in South Jersey, Philly area, (laughs) that is (laughs) that is not the experience I'm used to. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's gets rowdy and not good ways sometimes so mm-hmm, if, I, mm-hmm. if you could split the difference there that'd be nice <laughs> yeah uh, so but yeah we had, we had a lot of fun at the show the opening band was also entertaining in several different ways um kind of your you know <laughs> rock band which was fun i think what was her name wells yes i believe that is correct with, i with i'm just QAs. remembering them by by how they were Eventually dubbed by, did you or Siri say it first? I don't even remember. Uh, but yeah, at some point Siri leaned into my ear and said, this show is so much better if you think of them as filthy little hobbits. Oh, they did have a lot of like the long hair going and some of them were a bit on the shorter side. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that any of them really looked like hobbits to me, but the the lead singer did have had of a beard and was a, a, like, I don't know that he was short, but compared to some of the other people in his band, he he did look a little shorter. It's not like and, he put on a ring and disappeared halfway through no, the show, which would no, have been awesome. <laughs> no, but that's now was just kind of stuck in my head. But they they had the 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 some of the greatest uh, stage. Like in between song banter of of any band that I've been to see. <laughs> you guys like rock and roll? Great, because this song's called Rock and Roll. <laughs> <laughs> this next song is called Seasons. It's about the different times of the year. <laughs> <laughs> They're good though. I, I I enjoyed them. They had uh, dual guitar solos, which any band yeah. that does that is you know at least twenty percent there for me. So. I think the uh, I think that band more than Dead Sarah was when uh, my ear started to have some problems. They're so close to the stage that you kind of feel the bass like hitting you in the chest and going through you. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it was loud. Well, you again, like, there's no really getting away from it in that venue because it's so small. But you know, you went the extra mile of getting right up to the front and to the side of the stage where you were, your head was basically in somebody's amp. Your head was in their monitors. The sub was right next to us. The like main speakers were right in your face. (laughs) It was, it was definitely an earplug spot to be if, uh, you know, I wanted the full experience, man. I've waited so Uh, long to see them at concert. It was great. Yeah. You just, you just needed your special earplugs to, you know, damp that sound by, 20 decibels or so because i I, you know i i have to do earplugs for all shows now because i've definitely developed the um the low level ringing in my ears um from too many years of loud music yeah the (laughs) i heard you mocking me at least after she mentioned lost 
up on stage, you were like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, I mean, you're already kind of fanboying out about right. this concert. And then she drops Lost, which, um, I'm, you know, I think you've talked about on this podcast before. It's like part of where you got your son's name from. It was yeah. just, you know, uh, I, you know, if she had brought up, you know, one more thing, like, I don't know, Hearthstone or something. And, you know, we're going to have to drag you out of there. Right. Star Wars or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, I should have, I do, I should have yelled something out. But again, that's me being like polite or just quiet, whatever. I was like, you know, just enjoying the show, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, see, you've taken on being a Minnesotan. I know. Right. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm to blame as much as the other people that were there. You had the opportunity to be the rowdy New Jersey life of the party. Yeah, that was. Oh, the other thing we could talk about that it brings up, speaking of New Jersey and Philadelphia, is Gritty. (laughs) The Flyers mascot, which is just, I'm so all in on Gritty. It's fantastic. Uh, I'm just, I'm I'm amused from afar about the the Gritty, and I'm air quoting now, controversy, because... You know, as I've said to you more than once, just I, I keep kind of thinking about this from like a, you know, like a archaeologist coming way in the future and uh, finding artifacts of our culture and trying to explain to like, you know, giving a lecture of like in this culture, people got really worked up about uh game that they would play where people put devices on their feet and slid across ice and tried to shoot round object into a net and then it appears one team (laughs) (laughs) created some sort of totem to amuse children and grown men of this culture lost their minds about it like it's like just when you kind of take that step back like the whole thing is um just kind of ridiculous at the same time um the immediate uh internet whatever and all the memes and whatnot have been great there's no way they expected all that if they did kudos to them well no i mean i i think that it sounds like they were kind of looking for their own Philly fanatic. And I think that was basically the extent of it. And, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's genius at this point because, you know, he's, yeah, the free advertising. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like the Howard Stern thing. Like, you know, people that like it are fine with it. And then the people that hate it are like giving them so much free publicity. So, (laughs) So, like, I, one of the things, like, I'm a huge Philadelphia Flyers fan. Of, like, all those major sports, that's by far the team I'm most passionate about. It's a sport I like the most. I stopped following the local papers in Philly because it's just the sports writers are kind of annoying to follow. So right. I'm, I just follow some different Flyers blogs, websites, fan-led sites that have been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. And... I saw like some rumors or news like, oh, the Flyers are coming out with a mascot this year. And like they've never had, I guess they haven't had a mascot either in their entire history or they did once for a year or two way back in the day. Um, right. So I was sort of aware of this on the periphery. And then like within minutes after they had an introduction, I started seeing from the sites that I follow just some of the takes of people who just. <laughs> I think for they have similar sensibilities to me. We're like, right. Yes, this is ridiculous. This looks kind of awful, but also kind of perfect. Like we're all in like, mm-hmm. and then there's other people, I think more rational or just normal folks who are like, what is this? This doesn't make any sense. Like this is terrible. <laughs> and then there was a backlash from people of like, right. what do you mean? This is our mascot. And then they get even more loyal to the thing. And as people outside of Philly were making fun of Gritty, everyone within <laughs> Philly is like, what do you mean? That's our guy. And like just rallied around it. So is this really interesting social psychology uh, experiment that was going on over social media in the span of like 25 minutes? This was all happening really quickly. Then all of a sudden he's on Conan O'Brien and the Today mm-hmm. Show the next day. 
it just sort of exploded. And I, it was one of these dumb things that I just was loving vicariously. It was just fantastic. He's, he threatened the penguins mascot within the first few hours on Twitter, which was fantastic. <laughs> he, he biffed it on the ice and then didn't, didn't he shoot somebody with a t-shirt cannon too? Yeah. Like there was other ice maintenance people or, you know, just people who were trying to get the crowd into it on the ice and they were running, mm. they were running away from him and he shot the cannon at one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a video today where I went to the Camden aquarium, which is just across the river. It's in New Jersey. It's just across the river from, from Philly. Mm. And I don't know the story behind it, but a bunch of kids were with him and he was in the gift shop and just started clearing out all the stuffed animals, like, sharks and just knocking them off the shelf and then he body slammed them. It's <laughs> like, what is happening? It's just great. Right. But at the same time, like just that whole internet, you know, reaction that you talked about is also, it's bemusing to me. Like, you know, you, you think of everything that we had going on during that week as a country. And like, at the same time, there's people losing their minds about, gritty on on both sides of the fence it's <laughs> it's an interesting uh something about our culture it just moves so fast mm-hmm. it just moves so fast um, which yeah. i think ties into we've touched on some political stuff in the past and even like the music stuff like i was asking before why isn't that's our bigger thing and I, like, how do you gain anyone's attention for an extended period of time? Like, there's there's so much news. There's so much media. Mm-hmm. And everything is a big deal for five minutes. Right. Like, I remember we went out with some friends. I guess it was last Saturday. And just at a bar, we saw the SNL. We couldn't even hear it, but we saw Matt Damon. Uh being the Judge Kavanaugh character. Well, he's, he's a, yeah. a real guy, but like Matt Damon was playing him and it was like really funny just to see that. And also just really heartbreaking, like just ridiculous about everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And like, now that guy's a Supreme court justice and that just sort of fades back into the memory hole and everyone's on to the next thing. Like, I don't know. I feel like five, 10 years ago, that would have been a, I don't know. Like when, Tina Fey played Sarah Palin that got traction for so long and right. in many ways, I think changed that perception of that person mm-hmm. right or wrong, depending on, you know, what side of things you're on. Um, yep. But now it's like, just things bounce off. It's like, Oh, that's, that's clever or that's interesting. And you move on to the next thing. Right. Or just things that would have been, giant scandals that would have gone on for weeks, if not months, you know, it's the whole 24 hour news cycle, you know, we're just on to the next one the next day. Like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's not, I don't think it's a good thing. Uh, no, I, I agree in the sense of, you know, things kind of get, I don't know, swept under the rug for lack of a better way of putting it, because there's just such an overload of onto the next thing that, you know, we don't really take the time to stop and examine things and really decide if, you know, it's something that has merit or that we need to really worry about or just kind of like onto the next thing. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, it's we ultimately people are to blame for it. You know, media tends to give us what we think we want, and obviously that's what people are clamoring for. So that's what they're getting. Yeah, I saw a uh, trailer for. Did you see the trailer for Vice, the movie about Dick Cheney? Uh, no, I have not seen that. So Christian Bale is sort of unrecognizable and he's Dick Cheney. I guess he gained right. Christian Bale does this every few years where, yeah, that's what Christian Bale does. Is. I think we saw, was it the movie rescue Dawn where he lost a ton of weight and he was a, a prisoner in a POW camp, I think in yep. Vietnam. Yeah. And he's just emaciated and 
it looked like he was near death. And now I guess he's got this huge pot belly and I'm sure they did some face makeup, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, like he's Dick Cheney and it's made by Adam McKay, the director who did uh, the big short, which is an amazing movie. And the book is really good about the mm-hmm. financial crisis. But yep. he, he also directed, I think Anchorman and Anchorman two. And I remember seeing Anchorman two in the theater. Cause of course, I love the first movie. It's hilarious. And I was excited for the second one. And I think the second one kind of came and went. But if, mm-hmm. you, if you go back and watch Anchorman 2, there is some really sharp commentary on just culture and cable news. Like, do, you, did, mm-hmm. do you remember that movie? Uh, didn't we see it together? I do that a I lot think, where I like I, ask, did you I, see that I, movie? I'm like, I saw it with you. Idiot. Yeah, I think yeah. we saw both Anchorman's together because I think yes. that's why we went to see the second one because yes. we had all seen the first one together. That's right. Yeah. So we saw t- we saw that together, and I just remember being blown away by how I don't know. Like I think you think of the first Anchorman as kind of slapstick and silly, and this movie had very much a deep message that was there if mm-hmm. you wanted to absorb it about yeah. what's happened to news and kind of why it's happened. Right. Um, so anyway, I'm just I'm excited to see Vice. I don't expect it to change anything, but it's just it's. Um, I wish I had the answers. <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. I I don't really know um, where we go from here when it comes to that sort of stuff. Like what's going to make people take things more seriously for a longer amount of time when they merit doing so. I'm I'm just trying to resist going into full old man mode here so get off my yeah get off my cloud <laughs> i mean I already, I already had my old man moment with like why don't we have instruction books anymore right yeah uh that's been a thing for a while but there was some quality reading back in the nintendo days right but you know i'm sure that the people that made games have figured out like a you know the they're kind of resistant to making a physical copy at all. And B that the vast majority of gamers do not read anything that's in the box anymore. It's, it's you and I that remember getting the game and maybe not being able to play it as much as we wanted to be able to play it. And like taking the manual with us, like in the car and like reading and trying to figure out, you know, if you're missing something about the game or if there are any strategies in the manual or stuff like that. Right. And some games, didn't the original Zelda didn't even have some like buried hints in there about some of the stuff you had to do in the game. That may be true. You know, I, I was, uh, a, I didn't have Nintendo for most of the time that that was a thing. So all of my Nintendo playing happened at, other people's houses until much later on. So I'm not your foremost authority on Legend of Zelda manuals. No, but so yeah, well, anyway, the game, I'll, I'll probably have more to say about it later. Cause I've only played it for about an hour, but the game I started playing was uh, Octopath Traveler on switch, which so far has been entertaining. It's, Got some adult themes for a cartoony-looking mm-hmm. role-playing game. So right, the the adult themes kind of threw me for a loop. But <laughs> what what is the rating of the game? That's something I'd have to look up. I'm okay. It's rated T for teen. So is that okay. the highest? No, you can have rated M for mature, and you can have the. There's one that's like the game equivalent of NC17. I forget what that that is, but so. It's yeah. So anyway, somebody told me about this game and it just seems up my alley. I I played um, Battle Chasers, which was another kind of role playing game with uh, sort of cartoony like graphics. Uh, That game was amazing. Uh, I played that quite a bit on the PS4, beat that. It was a lot of fun. Um, So I wanted to get something for the Switch because I don't have many Switch games. And a few people recommended this Octopath Traveler game to me. And suggested that the story is really interesting, you play different characters, so on and so forth. Um, so I got it and started with this character, Primrose, who's a dancer. And just within the first hour, she's 
being slapped around by her pimp, who calls her a whore multiple times. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of insinuations about their relationship together that are not subtle at all. And, you know, not not to get into spoiler territory, um, but you eventually get away from that situation. Again, Mm -hmm. I've played the game for an hour. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it just, at first... even while I was playing it, it was it was pretty jarring. It's like, wow, this is quite adult themed, and it also has a lot of tropes of like, you know, a woman not really having agency or having to be in that type of role. And I don't know what happens later in the game, and maybe it sort of gets away from that whole vibe, um, right? But in this in this era, it was a very interesting story to see in a video game with, like I said, it's like this junior role-playing game graphics, very much like the old mm-hmm. Final Fantasies. Um, it was just a little a little shocking. And I don't know mm-hmm. if I am prudish or if it's just like kind of shocking and kind of an odd choice for, for the game to have that. Well, it sounds like a little bit of, you know, what's been happening for, you know, decades with like, parents and video games where in American culture, video games were considered to be something that kids play with. And so parents did a poor job of monitoring what the content of those games were. And as you know, audiences got older and games started to cater to that parents got surprised, shocked, outraged that there was various types of content in games that they sort of lazily assumed were all just for kids or somewhat similar to like Japanese anime, which because it's a cartoon parents would assume (laughs) was content for children. And, you know, anybody that knows anime at all knows that some of the content is the polar opposite (laughs) for children, (laughs) but it's a mistake that parents make. It sounds like there's a little bit of that going on where like, because of the way the graphics are, you sort of expected a certain type of content. And then we're surprised when it was a little more adult. Yeah, I mean, my son is 21 months today. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he he should not be playing this game. He should not be playing this game. No. <laughs> but I, and no one was sort of checking what I was playing when I was younger, and for the most part, it was sports games and whatever Metroid and whatever else. Yep. But at the same time, I was playing you know Leisure Suit Larry games right. as soon as I could you know get my hands on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one was having conversations with me about it. Like I, I don't want, and who knows by the time he's growing up, what kind of games there are. But I would say if, if you're a parent and like your kids play in this game or something, I would, I would check in with them <laughs> about right. what they're playing their their thoughts on different elements, really any game. You should kind of know what they're playing and why. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good conversation to have, but it's, there was like some sexist stuff going on in the intro to this game, which was just a little mm-hmm. surprising. It was like, oh, like I expected in Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> <Right. laughs> you know, it wasn't. It's not shocking when something untoward happens in that game, or even like the another game I'm excited to come out is Red Dead Redemption, which comes out later in the month. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's going to be some very adult themed stuff. And well, that. it's it's Rockstar Games. So that, I mean, yeah. how how would there not be? You kind of know what you're getting, so right. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's just the combination of I wasn't expecting it and the graphics and like the mm-hmm. very Final Fantasy soundtrack where it's all kind of like like happy whatever in the background. And I even said that like during the title screen, it has this sweeping like Final Fantasy type music. It's like, oh, this puts me in my happy place. And then I pick, then I start playing and like, she's getting slapped around by this old guy. I'm like, what is happening? Right. So, I mean, it, in some ways it sort of pulls you into the game and it invests you in this character where it's like, man, I just I want to mm-hmm. get her out of this situation. Uh, right. So in that way it's effective, but also feels a little manipulative. And again, mm-hmm. like, I feel like I could have accomplished a similar vibe without quite those, that exact, set of circumstances but right and and hopefully the story arc at least kind of i don't know 
does the right thing with that or, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. It makes more sense as you get further. Do you know, is the game a Japanese game originally? Yes. And you, we've had a little bit of this conversation before where I think you've talked about the different sensibilities of, of those titles. Well, I mean, yeah, I just, you know, that's another thing as a parent that you kind of have to be aware of is like, if you're, you know, depending on what your values are, you know, video games are international. There's development teams from different countries with, you know, can have some pretty different values in terms of what is, what is controversial and not to be in a game. And I definitely think that kind of the area you're touching on is one where the, the cultural values in Japan are, um, well, they're different from mine and yours. I mean, <laughs> again, given what's been going on in the last couple of weeks in this country, you can argue to what degree they're different from this country as a whole. But, um, you know, at least for some parents, like, you know, some of the things that may come up as being pretty standard fare in a game made in Japan, parents might find pretty surprising and have a problem with. So, again, it's always good to kind of know what your kids are, are playing and be talkative about it and, and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm excited to, to dig into that game a little bit more. What do you do? You have anything set up on your end? I know you're still kind of settling in, but are you playing anything these days? Video game wise, I like uh, have you know my son is splitting time um, between two households, and since I was uh, going to be moving from place to place, I didn't try to. Uh, you know, take any of that with me. And if it was just going to be in storage anyway, it might as well just be with him where you got to enjoy it. So I, uh, I don't even have my consoles here for the most part. That'll change in the next week or so. So in terms of that kind of stuff, no, not really. Um, I mean, I'm still pretty faithfully playing eternal on a daily basis, which we've talked about multiple times. So I won't talk about more, but, uh, that is the, the main video gaming I've been doing. Yeah. So, now that you are established, and mm-hmm. I, I think, and I know we've said this multiple times, but I think the plan is to start uh, recording a bit more often. Because <laughs> right. we, <laughs> all, all four of our longtime listeners are like, yeah, we've heard that before. Yeah, we've heard that before. <laughs> and it's kind of turning into the, like, next time we're going to be joined by Matt Damon joke that Jimmy Kimmel yep. has about the, the yep. music podcast that we have to record. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've been we, teasing it we for like six months. We couldn't now. get to it this show. We'll get to it next time. And sometime in 2021, we'll actually record that. <laughs> Right. Um, I know people are on the edge of the seats to hear about our, uh, you know, over and underrated bands of uh, our sort of of childhood and teenage years. Yep. So we will get there. Yeah. The other thing we'll have to talk about is kind of Magic, Hearthstone, Eternal, Artifact, all those games, because there's there's a lot of stuff going down. Yeah, for sure. In those worlds, which I'm curious to get your thoughts about. Yeah. And if we ever get any feedback from anybody, I mean, we have, I mean, we've touched on. That sounded funny. <laughs> <laughs> we've, if we've anyone actually fact, listens to this and actually mentions right. something to us, like, go ahead, sorry. There's some pretty, like, significant life events that have been going on for, you know, both of us over the last few years. That is part of the reason why we've struggled to record as consistently as we would like. And if. You know, that's something that people are kind of interested in hearing about and, you know, whatnot. That's certainly something we can cover. But, um, you know, I'm sort of reluctant to get into, like, the more uh, serious, non-nerdy stuff um, unless, you know, we've got people that are coming back and, and want to hear about it. But uh, that's definitely something we can we can talk about, too, at some point. Yeah, we, we you know, navigated around that for the most part here today. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do want to mention, um, I think I talked about it earlier in the summer, uh, started up a drive, try to raise money for suicide awareness and we hit our goal, uh, last week. So, yep. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. We so far raised, uh, $3,000 for the American foundation for suicide prevention, um, which is, you know, I didn't really know if that would be an achievable goal, but sort of <laughs> was happy to, to hit that. So that, mm-hmm. that's been a good thing. And, uh, you know, life, life keeps moving forward. So I think we're mm-hmm. both trying to do the best we can. 
if uh, somebody's listening and they're, uh, again, kind of a, a person that would be attracted to the, the product that you guys created and whatnot, how do they, how do they find it? Yeah, so I uh, partnered with uh, the folks at Limitless Adventures uh, who create uh, content for 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons and, and some other games. Um, so it's limitless-adventures.com, uh, so limitless-adventures.com. And then on their homepage, you'll see a book for $5 for sale called No Assembly Required. And that's a book that I wrote up with help from the folks at Limitless. Uh, it's like 10 monsters for 10 monsters slash characters for Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. Uh, it has art from Grant Gould for each monster. So the art's really good. Um, there are stats for the monsters if you want to run them in your games. And there's a lot of detailed backstories that can give you ideas for, for other stuff for the game. So... Uh, it's $5. If you buy it, all $5 goes to the AFSP. And we've sold over 500 copies of that so far, which is pretty amazing. So I'm really thankful, really appreciative of the community, the uh, role-playing game community. And um, I don't know, just it'll be out there for sale for you know, coming months and probably yeah. years. So it's... Uh, it's exciting that, that that's going on, and one way that uh, I've channeled a bit of grief here uh, in the year, putting that book together and just getting it mm-hmm. out there. So, yeah. You got anything else? Nope, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was distracted for a second there because I have, I have Monday Night Football in the background, and uh, what, what, atrocious, what, atrocious interception by Alex Smith just happened. What, so. what fantasy stuff do you have going on here? Uh, nothing that's really of of import. I have yeah. crushed my my opponents for for this week. So. Nice. All right. Well, I'll uh, hopefully be talking to you again soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some music stuff that we'll we'll have to get into. Some card game stuff. We have a few other topics on deck. Uh, so now that you you're set up and I'm uh, I think entering into maybe a quieter time of the year. Since I'm not <laughs> since I'm not curling, but we'll see what happens. Yep. Cool. Well, good to be back, and uh, good luck with everything you got going on. Thank you. Well, hopefully, we will talk again soon in this capacity. Sure. Thanks for listening. Oh.